The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi everyone, I am Mac 19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live once again on Port Fan Radio. And back on the podcast this week is my fellow co-host, Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? I'm back. I am back. After I had a very tough meeting on Monday night, Macca, but I, I am back in the the chair. The chair. Did you see my meeting on Facebook? I did not. It was a pretty tough uh, meeting I had. I had to do a super enduro go-kart race, a bit of male bonding. Okay, that sounds interesting. And, and I won. But you won. What about, what about this? Move over the Cane Corns. Fiasco. Well, not fiasco. The tribute, and move over our injuries, and move over the fixturing talk. Our guest and yourself. I have massive news, and okay. I mean I am talking massive. I gave a little clue on Big Footy about an hour ago. I am scared There's, right now. There is something new in the neighbourhood. Do you okay. know what it is? Well, how, how about we? Bring in our guest first. Yes. And then you can tell us your news. Okay. All right. Well, look, for the first time in 2015, we are speaking with fellow moderator, Forza Port. Hi, boys. Thanks for having me on again. Happy to be here. I'm now curious about what this is, Rick's news is. This is scary. This is very scary. It's awesome. I'm captivated by the fact that in Little Hampton... The town in the Adelaide Hills, the fresh produce capital of the world, Adelaide is, they have created bacon jam. Well, Bacon jam's been around for a long time, Rick. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. Get out of it. We've made it at our restaurant lots. Oh, rubbish. You're telling <laughs> lies. It's new. <laughs> Well, it's new to me anyway. Good on you, Macca. You're just a bloody <laughs> kid, boy, aren't you? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, that's brilliant. it's the first time mass released. Oh, that's, that's exciting. Purchasing consumption. Who would go out and eat bacon jam? So what's the brand? Uh, bacon jam. That's, bacon jam uh, is the brand. If we bring up the, uh, the website... Um, thanks to Erin, who uh, works in the new Vision office. She uh, highlighted this to me today. Um, it's baconjam.com.au. And I don't own there you go. any part of this business whatsoever. So um, postage and delivery start from $5 to Metro Adelaide. Bacon Jam is produced and packaged from SA Products in the beautiful Little Hampton Adelaide Hills. I reckon Forza would give it a go. Oh yeah, I've never heard of. I love a bit of bacon jam. Really, great stuff. Yeah. And what do you what do you eat bacon jam with? Anything, mate. Eggs on toast. um, Meat. It's good with our roast meat. Very nice. So it's almost like a bit of a jam. Or you could blend some uh, bacon jam and chili jam together and create the best thing on earth. That would be called bacon chili jam. That would be friggin' awesome. It would. That would be. Anyway, and that's I'll... the uh, Fresh Produce Podcast, everyone. Thank you for joining in, and uh, we will speak to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> anyway, derailed us for long enough. But I, that's I, it. I thought that's it was it. great. I'll mute myself now. You've done well. You've done well, Rick. I'll, I'll I look forward to your uh, discovery next week of electricity or water. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about designing this funny thing called the monetary system. I wonder how that would work. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Well, look, later on, let's get back into it. Later on, we're going to have our next Who Am I question, which has seemingly stumped everyone at the moment. So we'll look forward to that. We'll also reveal um, who will be joining Rick and myself in the RAA lounge for the Richmond game, which we must say has just become a hell of a lot more important. Absolutely. It was, if it wasn't already important, with our season uh, on the line and big Kano going out, are we going to talk about Kane now? Of course, yep. But what I is- must say first, you uh, you 
weren't too happy when I chose the Richmond game as the game to pick for this. You were like, Richmond, why would you want to go and watch Richmond? But I've got well, to say, we've picked a good one. This is going to be a good one. Well, I was just thinking, you, you had free choice of the game. You had Collingwood on Friday night, Geelong on a Thursday night, or vice versa. Hawthorne, you know, free... Well, actually, I haven't given out the free ones yet. Um, you know, so there was plenty of great games there, and you went Richmond on a Sunday mm. afternoon. Good choice, mate. <laughs> and I hope you're having a designated driver for that game, Macca, considering uh, there's free booze. We'll see what happens. Otherwise, it could be a bit of a waste. I might be walking back to Piri. You never know. Maybe one of the, the winners has to put you up for the night. That's it. That's it. Well, we will reveal who has won those two tickets later on. But look, let's go on to the uh, the biggest news this week, which obviously is uh, Kane Corns, our most capped player at AFL level. Um, he's going to retire next weekend after his 300th game uh, to join the uh, the Metropolitan Fire Service. And we want everyone to send in their tweets um, to hashtag PoorFanRadio so we can hear your favourite Kane Corns moments. But look, let's go through his career briefly. He debuted in uh, Round 10, 2001. Um, he will have played 300 games. He's currently kicked 92 goals. He's won four best and fairest medals uh, in 2007, 2008, 2010, and 2012. Two-time All-Australian in 2005 and 2007. He won a Premiership medal in 2004. And you've got to say, very unlucky not to win a Norm Smith medal uh, for his job on Simon Black that day as well. He's our AFL Club Games record holder. Um, he'll end up fifth in the all-time Port Adelaide Footy Club Games behind uh, Ebert, Darren Smith, Geneva, and Phillips. Um, massive names there. Two preseason cups, 12th on the all-time disposals list in the AFL. You know, it's some sort of career that Kane Corns has had. Oh, yeah, it's really been um, phenomenal. It's He's been in the AFL team most of my adult life, so it's, uh, it's a bit weird. It's going to be weird having that constant person in the team that's not going to be there after the Richmond game, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's a bit sad, to be honest. Very sad. Yeah, well, all good things come to an end. And I was a bit disturbed yesterday, Macca, and I thought you were, you were a little bit upset and, and disappointed by the, by the announcement. Yep, this is true. And look, I'm not going to pretend that I'm 100% happy, uh, because I'm not. You know, he's had a fantastic career, and you know he's well within his rights to do as he wants. Um and if this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to join the uh, the Fireys, then, you know, good on him. That's a, it's a great thing to do. But it's not like we're talking about Colin Sylvia or, you know, Bo Waters or, or Tim Sumner. Um, you know, he hasn't gone off the rails. He isn't permanently injured or struggling to get a kick in the in the second. Um, you know, in two of the last three weeks, he's been well in our best players. And, you know, he's beat all his records in the preseason and... You know, t- for me, he's a very important member of our first 18. And, and so on that regard, it's disappointing for us to lose a key player just when we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of the season. Um, but look, if anyone's earned the right to go out on their terms, and it's, uh, it's re- it really is Kane Corns, and you know, given all the selfless uh, service he's given to our footy club. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't, you can't begrudge him wanting to go out on his own terms. But you know, to be honest, I, I never really appreciated how the MFS enrollment system actually worked and how limited uh, positions are to become a fireman. I, 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 never, I never knew that, you know, you have so many applications in so few positions. What, what, what was the numbers? 1,500 applications and 11 positions, yeah. you know, this time around. And then possibly nothing for the next couple of years. So it's, you know, when you talk in that sort of uh, situation, there's not much choice, which is, you know, it is disappointing because, yeah, as you said, Marco, I, I reckon he's certainly a, a best 22 player for sure. And definitely, oh, probably best 18 in reality. I reckon he definitely would have been uh, Andy final time, despite what he said in his interview. I reckon he would have been a, a valuable uh, player for sure. No doubt. I guess the thing for me is that I don't think we've got a ready-made replacement for... Um, a tagger or a run with player in the side and look a lot of people on our forum think that we don't actually need one which is uh, which is probably a fair call as well um, other teams run uh, perfectly fine without a, a designated tagger but I don't know we're losing a player that um, that is capable of, of picking up massive amounts of the ball can shut down any player in the league uh, it's going to be a very tough uh, position to replace oh, there is yeah, no of course really. of course it is 
but um, got to give him, as, as Forza said, you didn't really realise, but I mean, there's a lot of perks that go with uh, being a fireman and it's a, it is a tough job to get. So it's not like he's quitting to be a, a car salesman or, um, or an assistant coach, which are like sort of dime a dozen jobs these days. He's actually uh, getting something which is pretty rare and selective to actually get into. So um, yeah, I can't, I can't begrudge him of his decision. And, and some people are arguing that they thought that he maybe was dropping down the pecking order and uh, there may not have been those guarantees. And so if that's the case, he has to make uh, that sort of ruthless decision for his own career because you're a long time retired from AFL football. So um, I think we should all embrace it. And I think some of the, uh, the opinions on the decision... I don't know if it's just media journalists being controversial for the sake of it or if that's what they honestly believe and some of the supporters even as well. Um, but he's, I guess he's been a polarising figure for a lot of the game, whether people think he's been getting the cheap stats or not, and, but, uh, which I don't think. And, uh, and now in his retirement, he's still being a polarising figure. But I just think when you, you look at the accolades that you read out, Macker, he's just a... He's one of the, the greats of the AFL era and of the Port Adelaide Football Club in general. What he's done is magnificent and we should all respect him as a player and, uh, and a soon-to-be former player and wish him well on his new journey. And if one of the other young boys that are in that 21 to 23 range that have been earning their stripes can't step up now, are they ever going to be able to step up? That is the million-dollar question. That's it. Look, we've had a few tweets come in, so I want to read a couple out to, to begin with. Nicholas Till tweeted in and said the 1870 Steakhouse at the club had a burger a week ago with bacon jam, pulled pork and bacon on it, and it was delicious. That sounds incredible. I want. I think. I think Nick. I think Nick's lying. But anyway. <laughs> <that's it. laughs> Alex Hale has said a bacon chili jam. Yum. Let's watch Knifeman and uh, get smashed. That sounds like a big plan there. Uh, Bevan has said good pick, Macca. Get to see Chappie and also Kano's last game. Um, and a couple of uh, favourite Cane Corns moment. Um, we've had Matt Sullivan tweet in his favourite Corns moment, which was his 250th game against West Coast in 2013, which uh, started uh, this refreshed Port Adelaide journey. And also Nicholas Tills also tweeted in saying the 2004 grand final. Um, he and the boys finally got what they deserved. Um, so, lads, what are your favourite Cane Corns memories? Oh, geez. Um... I think I do have to agree with Matt Sullivan there because um, Chad Chad Wingard put a photo on Instagram earlier today um, about that game and it's kind of fitting that Kane ended up with the ball in his hands at, at this final siren on his 250th. That's, uh, mm. you, know, it, you can't script that sort of stuff, but when it happens, it's just fantastic to see. Personally, though, my favourite game of Kane's undoubtedly has to be his job in the grand final 2004. You know, Simon Black, you know, if, if people remember how good Simon Black was, he was just a phenomenal midfielder. And I think the year before, in the grand final against Collingwood, he had absolutely smashed them and got something like yeah. was it that forty touches or, in the and the Norman Smith. Yeah, and and for Kane to effectively silence him in a grand final was just massive. So yeah, that's that's my favourite for sure. That's a good pick too, and I I, I wrote today that um, I'm pretty sure Lee Matthews uh, rated Simon Black the best Brisbane player out of all the players. So, I mean, and he was uh, he owned Black not only in that game but in most of the game. So that's how much of an achievement it was. I can't actually remember the year, but it was it was I reckon it was in the mid or later in the 2000s when we seemed to be playing Hawthorne and Tassie all the time. And uh, there was one of those Tassie games where he just absolutely mauled and towered up Sam, Sam Mitchell, um, who's, who's another one of those Simon Black ball accumulators and such an influential player that that's, sort of the, that that's the one that sort of stands out for me. Shame I can't remember what year it is, but I don't have the uh, football memory that you boys do. Did he kick three goals in that game? Is that the game where he got three yeah, goals? I think so. And he just, and he just killed Sam Mitchell. And... Uh, and then he's sort of just, like, like Black, he's just an annihilated um, uh, Mitchell for most of his career as well. So I, I bet you Mitchell's going to be glad that Kane's retired. And if anyone knows the game I'm talking about, to tweet it in and remind me. round 20, I think, you think, Rick. You reckon that's the one? Yeah, 2007 yeah. round 20, York Park. 
That'll be the one. Yeah, well, that sounds pretty close to me. It probably would have been around that time, but uh, what a legend. I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, that's a good call, Rick. He got uh, 38 touches and three goals that day, which is uh, which is pretty phenomenal and, and kept Mitchell to just the 19 touches. Um, mm. Look, for me, probably my favourite is, uh, is Birdgate when he uh, gave the finger to the Collingwood team in 2002 after we had that uh, last moment victory when uh, Anthony Rocker... Um, had the chance to to tie the game in the last seconds and and missed a shot from 30 meters dead in front and look it was a pretty spiteful game and um, you know there was an all in brawl at uh, half time and Kane instigated an all in brawl after the game as well and you know that was when he was a, a young brash you know probably what 20 year old kid and you know who knew that he'd become this uh, this super footballer and look I, I think as a supporter base we've tended to underrate his influence um, fairly often I think there's a there was definitely a period where he was quite maligned for a while from our own supporters and I think the influence that Kane has had at Port Adelaide's been pretty massive and you know he was one of if not the key instigator in revolutionising the art of tagging and I think that's something that people often forget you look at the taggers through the late 90s and maybe the early 2000s as well before Kane made a name for himself and it's guys like Tony Liberatore and you know, Anthony Francina and Alastair Clarks and Mick Gay for these sort of guys who were really negative players and had no real desire to win a lot of the ball themselves. And, you know, along comes Kane Corns and suddenly taggers are expected to not only shut out their opponent but also get 25 touches themselves, which is uh, super difficult. And obviously this is where Kane's, uh, you know, superior fitness came to the fore. And, you know, his ability to always be on his opponent's back when they had the ball um, and then, you know, to run off and create and, and his ability to find so much space to win his own footy as well when we had it um, was something pretty special and, and quite unique in the AFL, um, I reckon. And, you know, whether he was tagging, you know, super quick guys like Andrew McLeod or, or Stephen Hill or, you know, some of the tougher inside mids, um, as we've already spoken about, Sam Mitchell um, and Simon Black. And he always seemed to do a number on Cameron Bruce as well. He was a favourite of his. and uh, Or, you know, guys that were... Uh, you know, pretty smooth movers like uh, Dan Hanabry and, and Scott Pendlebury. He always just seemed to always beat his opponent and, and pick up heaps of the ball himself. And, you know, he's going to be sorely missed. Well, and that's that my con- rant for the day. <laughs> in that controversial period under Primus where, you know, a lot of a lot of criticism came to him about being sort of that seagull-type player instead of the, um, the tagger, uh, I think that highlighted to me as well, though, with Kane, he was the ultimate role player where he he seemed to thrive on the coach just telling him, this is what I want you to do, and he would do it. And yeah. uh, that's, how I, that's how I found Kane anyway as a player. He seemed to be perfect to give a job and he'll get it done, hence the reason he was such a great tagger. And that's it. And he always performed on the biggest games as well. You know, he loved showdowns. He loved uh, he loved finals. You know, as we said, he almost won a Norman Smith in two thousand and four for his job on Simon Black. You know, he was great in two thousand and seven grand final when um, you know not many others bothered to turn up. Um, and of course, in the last couple of years, he's had some brilliant finals against uh, Collingwood and Frio as well. It really goes to show his character. You know, the um, for his two thousand eleven to end the way it did being dropped and Primus trying to boot him out and probably the only thing that really saved him would have to be his contract. I think he still had two years left in his contract at that point. Yeah. And the club didn't really want to, I guess, pay him when he was paying for someone else. So that probably kept him at the club. And then 2012, he becomes club champion. So what does that tell you about the guy's character and and his application? It's just, it's going to go down as one of the hardest working and dedicated players that we've we've had really. Yeah, I think it, I think it's also a bit of credit needs to go to Keith Thomas there too because he really took a stand in uh, Kane's career at the club, didn't he? And he he really fought for um, Kane to uh, to be kept and uh, and just thought it was a bit embarrassing. Well, that's how I thought he played it out anyway. That uh, how Kane was being treated and and really uh, straightened out or corrected any wrongs that were being done and uh, and good and all credit to Keith Thomas for doing that. Yeah, and of course the famous comment um, that Kane's brought up that Kenny said, you know, I want to lengthen your career, not finish it. So, you know, they all had a part to play and look, um, I think there's certainly um, a case that Kane had a, a bit of a, a fresh 
lease on uh, on life in the last couple of years, and that's why I guess I'm so disappointed that he's calling it quits now. And obviously, it's a once in a lifetime chance to to join the Fireys, but um, you know, I, I still think he had a lot to give this year, and and would have played a huge part in the finals. So, all right, the topical question is, who is going to be his replacement? As a tagger, I'm going to say Archie, just because he's got the height, he's got the pace, um, he's got great inside ability, he can tackle really hard, he can run with anyone, uh, really fit. I think he'd, he's going to be a, a pretty good tagger. Right. I'm not sure we're going to go with a, uh, a tagger, to be honest. Um, I think it'll. I think Kane going out of the team will, you know, will give the likes of or Colhoun, Amon, Archie, Young, all those sort of guys, uh, more opportunity, for sure. But I think um, I think Schultzenfest is, is the one that posted this, uh, uh, Brad Ebert being the run-with uh, player moving forward, and I, I can really see that happening. Yeah, I can see that. Brad having That's a, a, good call. a player to mind. And I, I think that is a good call. Because um, otherwise, we don't really have that many defensive-minded midfielders at the moment, like a player would really have to step up into that role that we're not really expecting for it, for us to see it. You know, if, if yeah. that's Jonas moving into the midfield, or you know, more proving that he actually can, you know, run with a player better than he has in the past. You know, who knows? But a player like Kane, you're just not going to have that sort of clamping ability, at least not straight away. It's going to have to be someone that comes out of nowhere for that sort of skill to be part of our 22 moving forward. Ebert suggestion there, Forza, is uh, his line running ability as well. So he should be able to get ball and uh, and still hurt, punish the opposition uh, when we've got possession. Oh, he's a big tank. He's a great tackler. He can run with other players and he, he he's a goal-kicking midfielder as well. So he's pretty much, if there's going to be one player in our current midfield that can run with a player that's not Kane Corns, it would probably be uh, Brad. It wouldn't seem. It wouldn't surprise me if we have to have a couple of players to maybe potentially play that role. I guess if you look at the endurance runners, you'd have to think maybe uh, Sammy Cahoon or uh, or Mitchell or um, or Tom Cleary might get a bit of training and uh, potentially a gig for that sort of role. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, uh, Brendan's the uh, the right choice as a, as a tagger. I don't know if he's got the footy smarts yet to do it, but. There's only one way to find out, isn't it? And that's to give these guys an opportunity now and uh, and see what they can show, and you know, and hopefully one of them will, will take their take their moment. Look, let's uh, let's move on and talk about the game this weekend. Uh, it's round seven. We play Brisbane at the Gabba on Sunday twilight. Yet another Sunday twilight game. Um, our win loss record is thirteen fourteen and two draws. Um, so it would be good to uh, even out the ledger this weekend. Obviously, last time we met uh, was the 113-point win at Adelaide over last year, which I'm sure all of us remember very well. Yeah, we're all sitting together that game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's right. That was yes, It was. And didn't we, didn't we coincidentally win the, uh, uh, the big footy uh, locker room tickets for the Richmond game as well, by coincidence? We did. We've uh, commandeered them. <laughs> Apologies to whoever uh, was allocated them. Uh, stiff shit, basically. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> uh... Now, look, it should be a pretty interesting game this week. Um, obviously, we need to bounce back. Um, Brisbane had a, a very good win on the weekend against Carlton, um, even though their opponent wasn't all that flash. But, um, you know, it was good to see them get a win on the board. And, um, look, uh, they've got a very dangerous midfield. That's probably the part that um, that worries me the most this week. They do, and it's getting uh, more dangerous by the week now that uh, Rockliffe is back and is finding some form. And I don't know about Aish, I don't think he's going to offer much, but now that Christensen and uh, Beams are now starting to gel a bit, you can see they're starting to get their act together a bit. So it will make for some interesting contests, that's for sure. Yeah, Beams has had a pretty good year. I mean, he's he's leading their uh, clearances, he's leading their disposals, he's kicked three goals. He's had a good year. Um, Jack Redden's a super player. Rockliffe, now that he's over getting injured every week, 
um, for the start of the season. He's going to be very difficult to match up on. Um, and then they've, they've got these sort of quick, uh, small runners like Christensen and Zorko and, and Rich as well, Lewis Taylor. Um, you know, they've got a lot of pace and a lot of skill running through their midfield. It just seems to break down for them when it goes up forward. Yeah, they don't have much uh, experience up there. But also, just, just before we move on from the, from the midfield, uh, Stefan Martin's been uh, quite potent this year. Just looking up his numbers, he's probably been one of their, their best midfielders, even though he's a ruckman. And so he's, he's added another dimension uh, this year for them. He's had quite a quite a season. Now that Louis back, they actually have a, a ruck division. Yeah. He's but been yeah, a revelation, that... Stefan Martin. And since, uh, since he came back into the side in round 12 last year, he's been an absolute revelation for them. And not just for my dream team either. He's been a, a bloody good player and... He adds something a little bit different to their lineup because he he's probably not really ruckman height, but he's got a pretty good leap on him, and and he's strong, and he just seems to win the hitouts, and he's obviously super super good around the ground, and and matching that with the the very tall Lewenberger, who's a very good tap ruckman, but probably not that great around the ground. I think they've got a you know a pretty good ruck division. Yeah, they certainly do, and and with Stefan Martin, it's it's kind of funny because. He always knew he had that in him, uh, especially from his Melbourne days. You could see that yeah. there was definitely something there. And I think Port made a play for him uh, when Jamar fell through, but he ended up going to Brisbane. But, uh, yeah, with with Louis back in the team, and they actually have uh, a very tall forward line as well, it's, um, it is going to stretch us a bit in defence, I reckon. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Especially with uh, Bobby Carlisle out, we might as well uh, name the teams now. Bobby Carlisle's out with a back injury. Aaron Young's been omitted, which is uh, which is disappointing for him, I guess, um, after he got his chance. Um, obviously, we've named uh, five players at the moment. Impey, Need, Cam O'Shea, Carl Amon, and Cahoon as well. Impey's named on the, on the uh, field, so it looks like he'll definitely be getting a game, which is fantastic for him. Um, I guess the other question is, who do we see replacing, I guess, uh, Aaron Young in the team? I don't. I don't reckon it'll be Sammy. I don't. From the reports I've read from the, the Magpie followers, he doesn't seem to be ready yet. You'd think uh, with Bobby out, maybe Cam O'Shea might be the uh, uh, the choice of selection. And you know, going on the uh, the game and the stats, boys. I actually uh, went through the AFL website and picked out all the key stats, and I've decided I don't want to talk about them because we actually shit. And uh, and uh, Brisbane's just actually shittier than us, so uh, it doesn't set the world on fire. So hopefully we can start pushing up the uh, statistical rankings in contested possession, marks, clearances, stoppages, rebounds, one percenters pretty soon because uh, we're very mediocre at this point in time. Mm. No, that's right. And look, as you mentioned, uh, Forza, they do have a very tall forward line. Um, they've got Lewenberger up forward, and um, you know he's probably a little bit too immobile. And you would think Trangove would get him. Um, they've got Daniel McStay, who kicked four goals last week in a bit of a breakout performance. That was a good game by him. He's only a very young kid. And they've also got Harris Andrews, who's also another 200-centimetre uh, giant up there as well. Um, so, you know, they've got some pretty tall timber up there. And, of course, you know, Martin can play up there. Darcy Gardner can play up there. Paparone can play up there as well. So they've got some up options. Yeah, they do, but they're not they're not really potent at the moment. And I think uh, Carlton probably made them look a lot better than what they, they really are. McStay's been kicking one goal a game up until last week when he got four against Carlton. So I'm not sure how much you really want to take out of out of that result, but yeah, I reckon yeah. I reckon O'Shea will probably come in as a direct replacement for Carlisle. Uh, that that way, uh, what Homsch, Jonas, and Trengo become our three keys, and then O'Shea, uh, Pittard, and probably Impey. I imagine would Impey would take the uh, what's, what's that guy's name? Green, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, kicks yep. all the goals, little little guy. Probably take Green, and then we have uh, Broadbent as the seventh defence, and I reckon we'll be relatively happy with that. Um, not really worried about our height, to be honest. Now, last year we lost Carlisle and Trengo, so we lost two keys. But we didn't have Ryder. You know, this year we got the extra tall in Ryder, so I don't yeah. think we're going to be in too much trouble height-wise. No. Do you, do you guys do you guys think that uh, Brody needs to lift? Yep. 
Yep, he's been uh, relatively disappointing this year, especially given his rating in the uh, across the AFL and and through the media. And he had such a great year last year. Um, he has dropped back a bit. I'm not sure if it's his role that he's playing is a little bit different. Um, and obviously, we're we're looking for Pittard Moore running out of defence this year, as opposed to looking at uh, at Brody. Um, but he definitely needs to lift. Absolutely, he does. Yeah, I think a lot of teams are more aware of what he can do these days. So he's um he's being uh, checked a bit tighter. And also, Pittard's uh, uh, form to start the year has just you know, it's so phenomenal. It's really um, probably making Brody look a bit quieter as well, which doesn't help. Mm. I don't want to talk about Jasper, boys. I mean, I was actually hurt. On Tuesday night, maybe sad. I was sitting next to him at the table and introduced myself, and I said, oh, "I'm sure you've heard about me." And he was like, "That? Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm just another number. <laughs> the pain, the pain. It just dagger through the heart. So cold. But I want him over by the end. No doubt. Oh, we'll we'll have him on hopefully during the year. I hope so. That'd be great. That would be a great podcast. It will. <clears throat> the pit cast. The pit dog. And he has had a great year, and I really want uh, Broadbent. Because they start... Broadie started off, I thought, all right. The first couple of games, he was sort of like, you know, I was calling him the new Batman and Robin. But in the last three weeks, he, the output's really dropped off. And, uh, yeah, it would, I think we need Broadbent to stand up, and maybe that's part of our problem. We're not. He's not getting as many uh, rebounds out of the... Defensive fifty, and we need we need his elite kicking skills in delivering the ball outside fifty. Yeah, I mean he's still playing as that loose man, but he's just not really getting anywhere near the ball, and he's just not providing us with the rebound that um, he was in the last couple of years. And well, I'm going to go against the grain and and say that uh, Cam O'Shea won't come in. I'm going to say uh, it'll be between Amon and Need. I reckon, and hopefully Carl Amon for his first game. That'd be good to see Amon. Uh... Get rewarded for his uh, fantastic SNFL form. He's really um, he's playing now like a player that is too good for SNFL. Yeah, yeah. He's certainly knocking down knocking down the door of selection. Is he is he really doing enough? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Were you surprised Andrew Moore wasn't rushed in? Not really. He hasn't played a game for for a month, so he would have been training. No. no yeah, but it's a bit different enough. to um. And it's not like he was in fantastic form earlier. So I think, uh, you know, one or two games in the SANFL and then look to uh, to bring him in if his form deserves it. I have to admit, I'm a, I'm a bit surprised. Uh, if we're dropping young, um, you know, we should have a, a bigger body mid in there. Hopefully Archie will get a full game, but if not, you know, a mature body like Moore would be all right. And, you know, in that game where he got suspended, he actually was bloody good, you know. He he, yeah, he would have mm. he would have uh, been caught up to AFL, I reckon, uh, with Wines going out injured. He would have been given AFL uh, time if he, he wasn't sitting out after three weeks. And I guess with Hinkley, you know, he he's not afraid to bring a player straight into AFL. We've seen that numerous times. Um, sometimes it's not the best decisions to make. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a bit surprised Moore didn't at least get into the 25. So it's clear that they want him to run around a bit first and earn his way up. Yeah. Well, look, does this game concern you guys at all? I mean, we were probably a little bit aloof on the podcast last uh, preview um, for the West Coast game and didn't really sort of give them much of a chance. But, I mean, Brisbane have had a a pretty poor start to the year. They struggle to kick goals. I mean, they they struggle uh, defensively as well. I mean... Are we concerned that we might be a little bit, um, I don't know, if, if we might be uh, mentally not quite right at the moment for this one? I am. I'm very concerned. Travelling away, our midfield's probably the part that's not performing the best at all. And uh, as you guys pointed out, they've got great small players. That's probably their strength. So if our midfield doesn't uh, switch on, this could be a bit of a danger game, especially with their... One of our leaders, Bobby, not playing. Yeah. Hey, can I just say that 
Uh, I've met Bobby a couple of times now over the last week and had a bit of a chat to him, and he is a great guy to talk to. So any Port fans that see him at a function, make sure you go out of your way to say good day to him because he, he doesn't mind saying good day to the fans, and uh, he's a great guy to uh, to have a chat to, and uh, he's and he's a great mate of Jacko's, and he loves hanging a hanging a few uh, jokes on Jacko, so it's very entertaining. <laughs> So what you're saying, Rick, is if we see him at West Lakes, we can actually uh, speak to him. Yes, unlike our former <laughs> player, Chaplin, the legend, uh, Bobby will probably say, G'day, how are you going? But look, let's not blow our load about uh, Troy Chappie in Richmond too early. Yes. We'll leave that for next yes. week. True. Who's going to win us the game uh, this week? Who's going to win it for us? Yep. Oh, you know, I, I think I'm going to go West off. He's due. Westy. Yeah, he's been copping a lot. You know, he's been quiet. He's sort of, you know, doing a bit of the whole chook without a head thing that he did in his second year of AFL. I haven't seen it from him for a number of years, but I reckon I reckon he's just busting to get out there and have a ripper game, and I reckon this will be it. I hope so. He'd probably be playing on Paparone, who's uh, quite a talented young player as well, and, and very similar to Westhoff, so... I think he'll uh, he'll get a good, uh, pretty good run there. T Boke, we need the captain to stand up and deliver and control our midfield like the general that he is. That's it. I'm going to say uh, Hammer. I'm going to pick Hammer to kick four this week. Nice. Mind you, I picked uh, Paddy Ryder to kick six last week, and he got about four kicks. <laughs> so do but not do, listen he... to me. Hammer, Hammer is one of those um, players where, I don't know, I do agree. I, I feel like I want more from him. He, he, does, he does enough, but I think he could do more. I don't know what it is, but, yeah. Does that make oh, sense? He's got a higher high yeah. for sure. Yeah. Look, uh, Alex Hale has tweeted in and said, uh, Archie to play a full game and Amon to come in for Young, O'Shea to replace Bobby. Yeah, well, I'm a big, as you know, I'm a big fan of Brendan, um, and I would, I would love to see Brendan get a, um, a full game. I think he deserves a full game. Yeah, um, you know, and and it's not because he's biased. I, th- I think he's shown enough in the the games he's been as sub to to at least have an opportunity. And I know you guys probably spoke about it on Monday, but geez, that handball was pretty bloody good, wasn't it? It was very good. That was a yes. monster handball. Haven't seen one like that for a very long time. Look at predictions, boys. Forza? Oh, you go, Rick. Oh. I'm going to go Brisbane by four goals. Wow. Okay. Right. Are you trying well, to pull the Macca here? Is this what I don't know what I'm do, trying. Right? I've got to try and do something <laughs> different. This only works when I do it, mate. Does it? Oh, Brisbane by 10 goals. Is that better? <laughs> That's not much better. No. <laughs> what about you, Forza? I think the players are going to be quite angry with themselves after the performance last week. And from what we heard from Trengove about the review, they were pretty embarrassed as well. So they're going to come out with uh, one thing in mind, and that's a, a good, solid win. So I'm saying Port by at least... At least seven or eight goals. Nice, I like that. I'm going to say hammer to kick four and port by 22 points. Really? Yep. Jeez, I thought you would have picked Brisbane. Why? Because we need you to pick Brisbane. Well, if you're going to do the macker this week, then uh, I've got to be Rick and pick us by 22 points. Oh, no drama. So Nick reckons port by 60 points. Shall we, uh, even in the shall we do the Who Am I, Macca? Yes. Let's get into it. Yes. Let's get into it. The Who give, Am uh, I? We should give the uh, uh, the previous clues. Yes, go on. To people. Do so it. he was born in, born in, who am I? Born in 1966. Kicked between two and 400 goals. Uh, Richo followed me. I've won a trophy. And uh, what was the other one? He's a Port Adelaide Life member. Hall, Hall of Famer for Port. That's it. And no, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer, Rick. He's a life. Oh, life. Oh, same thing. 
That's all that matters. <laughs> Port Adelaide. So quickly, like let's uh, give a give our who am I tip this week. Yeah, I like your clue. Uh, so I reckon you can say the clue this week, Packer. Drum roll. Uh, he has two things in common with Nathan Buckley. There you go, boys. So first person to call so through. We've got, we've got a couple of calls already. Shit. The phones are going hot here. We've got three phone calls already. Bloody hell! Well, I don't honestly one. don't know what to do with myself here. This is this is amazing. Just take one, so Isaac. You're the winner. Let's uh, let's see. All right. Is he going to cancel the phone call again? <laughs> Isaac, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, hey, seamless. Isaac, how are you going, mate? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Very good. Are you a are you a Facebooker or are you a big footy poster? I'm a I'm a big footy. Nice. And what's your handle? Uh, Mr. Speaker. I've been on oh, a couple shit. of times. We've we spoken oh. to him a couple of weeks ago, Rick. Oh, did we? Oh, yes, yes I remember. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was a great chat. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, Isaac, Mr. Speaker. You are right. confident you know who it is. I'm, I'm are certain you, that I know who it is. Are <laughs> you taking my money? I am. Um, it's our interchange steward, uh, Paul Rizaniko. Well, Macca, mm. what it, is, uh, did he pronounce that right? I'm going to say uh, that doesn't apply because of poor pronunciation of, of the no, name. No, no. Well, it does because it's my <laughs> money. And I, I'm giving this money away. Woo! So it has to be, it has to be said. Forza, you're of Italian heritage. <laughs> yeah, he kind of butchered that a bit, eh? How, how would you pronounce it? Well, I need to see how it's spelled. I thought oh, it was Rizzonico. come on, boys. It's Rizzonico. Paul Rizzonico. No, no, he doesn't win. Rizzonico. Because he didn't say it. What'd you say? <laughs> What'd you call him, Mr. Speaker? Rizzonico. No. I like that. I like that. There's a bit of European about that. Like yeah, that. well, I'm from Poland, so... There you go. Uh, That's, uh, the, uh, there you I'm go. like one of those guys that makes a bet for a carton of beer and then goes, <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't make that bet. <laughs> no, it is Paul Rizzonico. Woo! Well done. Oh, brilliant. Finally, Finally. I, actually, I was trying to—I was trying to stretch it out as long as I could because I've got to keep coughing up the money for these things. So, well done. Sure. It is a, sorry, sorry it is a port pronunciation. No, you're right, man. I don't even. I'm just—I'm uh, just guessing myself. So Steering you could be right. right but um, so you get a hundred buck uh, voucher for merchandise at the That's club. That's very handy. So, and I reckon those uh, tops, the one that Kane was wearing in his tribute uh, video, are bloody awesome. All the boys are wearing them at the player sponsor night. Get one of those. They look fantastic. Yeah, might have yeah. to Where do you, uh, which area are you? North, south, east or west? Uh, a couple of minutes south of the city. Oh, a couple of minutes south of the city. Yep. Um, how are we going to do this, Macca? We could probably do this off air, Rick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send me, a, send, send me a PM and I'll work something out. Well, All right, easy, mate. I didn't think well, we've got you, Mr. Speaker. What's your tip this week, mate? Ah, uh, uh, let's go poured by eight goals. Nice. Good man. Like that. And your favourite Kane moment? Oh, um, probably him flipping off Collingwood. Yes. Love it. I like that. Anyway, work, I should mate. stop uh, crashing the party, shouldn't I? Nah. All good. Thanks for joining in. Cheers. Send me a, P- send me a PM, mate, and we'll work something out. Bye. All right. See ya. Bloody Mac. I'm going to be poor. We've got to get harder. Good stuff. Like I'm going to have to squirrel right down to, like, Alfie's stepbrother or something to uh, make sure it stretches out a little bit longer. <laughs> nah, that's good. Hey, that, that, uh, that stretched out quite long. That was, a, that was a good one. That was a tough one. That was a very tough no, one. I thought it was... I thought it was probably too easy. But I mean, the clues were... I would have thought people would have got it a bit earlier, but um, yeah, there were some interesting clues there, so he did well. That was good. And look, while we are at it, let's... um, Should we give the winners of the two tickets for the RAA lounge to join us and watch us pig our face at uh, the Richmond game? Yes, we shall. And did you write the names down? All right. 
First winner is uh, Andre Furstenrecht. Well done, Andre. How do you say that? I believe that's uh, Andre Furstenrecht. That's an awesome name. And uh, the second winner to join us uh, in the RAA Lounge for the Richmond game is uh, Dom Gagliardi. Dom. So big Dom, Dom or Dom? Dom, like Cassisi. And what's the last name? Gagliardi. Oh, I've typed it in. So excellent. How awesome. Andre Jack. and Dom. Hopefully, uh, well done. hopefully they can come along. That's it. And uh, I'll post that up on the Facebook page after we've finished. And uh, yeah, and that should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward. Andre's been on the show as well. So he has, yeah. It'll be, it'll be good to have a chat to him. And I guess um, seems a bit weird me thanking my own business for giving it away. But I guess it is uh, part of the uh, the New Vision uh, sponsorship package. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, my present to you guys for, for listening. Yeah, very in kind, and, Rick. Be, and being part of the show and uh, enjoying it. I hope you guys uh, all have fun with what we do. That's it. We all appreciate it, mate. So well done there. Cheer, cheer the black and the white. Honour the magpies day and by night. Live that Look, let's uh, move on and talk about the SANFL, which is uh, it's the country showdown this week with Port playing the uh, Adelaide Crows at Balaclava Oval. Um, Port won both contests last year by around about uh, 45 points or so. So we lead the win-loss record uh, 2-zip in that one. Crows have been struggling uh, quite a bit with injuries and there's also questions over their desire to actually win these matches. So it should be a bit of an interesting game. It shall. Do you think we'll uh, keep the trend and another win will get on the board? I hope so. I hope so. It was quite funny at the player sponsor night. They had Jacob Surgeon on having a chat about the game and uh, uh, Barry was taking the piss out of him because he thought they were going to clear. And, uh, and then uh, then Barry asked him where Balaclava was and he tried to make something up and then went, I've got no idea. What do you reckon, uh, Forza? Uh, well, geez, what's, what can you say? The Crows, their, their setup is pretty poor. They just pluck players out of the... Other teams to top up their their team, and they have a few injuries. So, I guess it really comes down to if if we send all the emergencies to Brisbane, or we uh, leave a couple of them behind. Really, you know, the the team gets more and young. So, with those two in there, I'd be surprised if we uh, let this one slip. To be honest. Yeah, I would hope we've got uh, the talent in the side to uh, to win this one. Um... And uh, again, hoping for a couple of big games from uh, Johnny Butcher and, and Mason Shaw up forward. Mitch Harvey, he's been in some uh, some pretty consistent form, I guess. He's kicking a couple of goals every week, which is fantastic. And it was good to see Johan Wagner get a few kicks last week and, and kick the winner as well. Yeah. He's, he's... Sorry, I was just going to say, where's the Butcher at, boys? I think he's um, he is where he is, which is probably ne- next in line for an AFL spot. Um, up forward, but um, it might be pretty tough to get one, I would say. And he just needs to keep trying, keep uh, working hard, and hopefully it might click. Yeah, it seems the biggest knock on him at the moment has been uh, work rate in the last couple of weeks. So maybe he's dropping his head a little bit and not doing the second, third efforts as well as he had been at the start of the year. Uh, I guess he just has to grind through, and he's, he's certainly you know, physically superior to the other players at the SANFL level, so he just needs to get his confidence up and he's one of those players that is so close to being a a good player especially at AFL level, that he Mm. just wants just for that last little percentage to click for him and then it all fall into place, but I just don't know if it will Well, I just want to get your opinion, I I, I don't know where he's at, I would I would have hoped that he would have shown a little bit more by now. And uh, I do think it's a bit of a concern where he's at in his career. And, you know, he's a, he seems like a nice guy. And unfortunately, that's not enough, I guess, at the elite level. And, you know, you, you think of the, the really great players that'd be dominating at this age. And, he, and he's not dominating. A bit like Sam Day at Gold Coast, you know, where everyone's talking about oh, we should be picking Sam Day. But again, what what has he shown either, you know? And I'd really be hoping that he'd be tearing the SANFL competition apart now that he's physically mature and physically fit. But 
He's just not able to do that. It just seems that Norwood game has rattled him. You know, he was playing pretty good football, and even in, in yeah. that game, he, he was he was doing very well until that bloody goal square kick. And yeah, was it wasn't his... good, and yeah, it's probably a good call that he hasn't. Um, you know, he has dropped down a peg after that, but you know, hopefully this week um, we'll see him back and uh, and hopefully kick three or four goals. That would be great. He's definitely got the ability. Yeah, ball slippery, John. Take any stride. Okay. Kick straight. Especially when you're... But what about Andrew Moore? He gets another one? He just needs to come back and, uh, and make amends for his, uh, his silly mistake a couple of weeks ago. And, mm. and hopefully he can... Um, you know, he can be best on ground or, or put in a very good performance and, and follow that up and, you know, he'll get his chance as well at AFL level. And, you know, with Kane coming out of the side, you know, as we spoke about earlier, there's a, there's a spot opening up and, you know, maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, Andrew Moore might be, you know, for him, the one that, uh, that takes that spot and finally um, makes it count at AFL level. Adam Ellishaw has just posted in to us that, he reckons Westoff and Schultz were struggling at the same age and they turned out pretty well. Um, I, I don't know about that. I think both of those players, probably at Butcher's age, would have been approaching, what, 70 to 100 games? Whereas, um, and, you know, being regulars in the AFL sides, whereas uh, Butcher's really struggling to, to get a gig. Yeah, look, what, Fair? Butcher's Unfair? 20. Almost 24, and he's played 24 games um, at the same age. I, I think Schultz had done a lot more. There's, there's no doubt about that. No, I mean, he played what? Sure. He, he'd almost sure. played, you know, 70 or 80 games by that point. So, but look, I mean, I mean, it is a fair call. I mean, Schultz started his career as a highly rated first round draft pick, and you know, outside of a couple of games here and there, probably didn't make it count and. You know, I'm sure Richmond fans were tearing their hair, hair out as well at um, at how he was performing at uh, at Tigerland, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably last chance saloon for Johnny Butcher this year, and you know, hopefully he can get another shot at uh, AFL level and and make it count this time. Forza, uh, lost yeah, him. Oh no, I'm still here. I'm, I'm just thinking it's it's hard to Butcher go anywhere when. He is, as Mac has said, next in line. You know, we can say it's last chance, last chance at all, but, you know, Shaw and Harvey haven't really overtaken him at this point. And our, our recruits are still first-year players, so, you know, Howard and, and Palmer are still first-year players. And I think, Austin, is Austin the one that's, uh, that's really been uh, surprising? He's really come on well. Defender. Austin's playing down back. Yeah. yeah but but he's I, been very, I, very good. I reckon he could probably convert to a forward if, if need be. But, yeah, so there's, there's definitely potential there. But if you look at right now, we lose a key forward. Butch is the next next cab off the rank. But, you know, if Hinkley decides not to play him, then, you know, we're going to stick with Ryder, Westhoff and Schultz and that's it. It's uh, it's refreshing to hear, Forza, that someone agrees with me that Logan Austin could become a forward and not has to be pigeonholed as a defender, Macca. Yep. I have to see his kicking first, but I think there's definitely um, scope there, especially when you're that young. Absolutely. And we're desperate for a forward. We are desperate for a forward. Is that where we're going with our, with our trading, you think, for another forward? Well, they're almost impossible to get. Like, if you think about how we got Ryder, that sort of situation, that's never happened before in the AFL on, on the sort of level that it has. You know, there's only there's only one James Hurd, really. So, you know, the odds of us getting a, a competent key forward uh, through a trade is uh, it's quite slim, unless we, you know, pay crazy money in a, in a free agency deal, which is not likely to happen, given our cap. I just can't see it happening in reality. Mm. Jer- Jeremy Cameron had me jealous last week. Oh, he's yeah. a good player. 
He's a very good player. He's an awesome player. Well, speaking of which, um, what other games this week uh, interest you guys? Quite a few. I, I, I actually am interested by the Bulldogs and Fremantle. Yeah, that should be a ripper. Will the Bulldogs bounce back after their shock loss? Have a bit more of a fresher legs. Um, it's two weeks in from their Perth trip, and is the juggernaut of Fremantle going to continue, or are they going to drop a game? Mm. So, look, what happens if the Dogs win? Are they the real deal? Can they push for a, a top four spot? No, I don't you think you so. You don't reckon? You still think they they might drop down a bit? As the yeah, I still. I think they're still going to be inconsistent. I think their body's going to wear out, especially because they play a lot on the Eddie Head surface as well. Um, they're probably going to get a few injuries with the young bodies as well. But I, I think they've shown that uh, they're on the right path and uh, and Beveridge is obviously a pretty good coach. Hmm. Yeah, I have to agree with Rick. I think the Bulldogs Rio game is probably the most interesting game uh, apart from ours. Uh, yeah, I, I reckon Bulldogs are, are real smoky for the finals. I reckon they can make the, the top eight. They might sneak into seventh or eighth. Um, I also you know, rate West Coast a lot higher after watching them live as well. I reckon they're probably another one that can sneak into the, the finals. If you look at their draw, that they're actually going to be sitting top two for the next month at least if, if the games keep going the way they, uh, they've been going for them. So. Yeah, it'd be good to see Frio when they finally drop one because I think when they drop one, they might drop two or three and that'll be an opportunity to bring them back to the pack. Yeah. I'm going to say Richmond and Collingwood. I reckon that's uh, that's my pick of the week this week. I think uh, Collingwood will want to win to consolidate their, their position in the top four. And You know, we said it was last chance saloon for Johnny Butcher a minute ago and I think it's almost last chance saloon for Richmond and Damien Hardwick as well I mean if they lose this game mm. you can pretty much kiss finals goodbye and um, you know it's a, it's a must win game for them well that's why I've tipped them but I hate tipping Richmond it's, it's, they're the worst team yeah. to tip they're, they're horrible to tip and you know they're probably going to lose Hardwick's probably going to get sacked and they're probably another tip I get wrong <laughs> Don't worry, I've gone with you, Forza. I've gone Richmond as well, mate. Mm. What about I'm you? I'm looking Matt? forward to the debut of Liam McBean. He kicks a lot of goals in the VFL, so very keen to see how he goes. Liam McBean. It's a great name. It is a good name. And he's going to be a very good player. Mm. Yes. Well, McBean. I'm with you. I reckon that's going to be a captivating. And I've gone the same way as you, Forza. I've picked Richmond. And, but that doesn't say much because, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not very good at the tips, am I, Maka? No, no, you're horrendous. And, and it looks like Saint Chris on Big Footy is not happy with Mister Speaker winning the hundred bucks either. <laughs> Just missed out. Bad luck, Chris. Uh, You're actually third in line, Chris. So you had uh, you had Alex Hale that uh, just missed out as well. There was about two seconds in it. Be interesting to know if Alex was going to um, uh, choose uh, Mr. Rosonico or if he had a different case. Mm. And thanks, but, Mr. Uh, Speaker. I did mispronunciate uh, pronunciation, so there you go. <laughs> I did it. I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we might as well call it a quits here, boys, and um, and get ready for the weekend. Oh, and bloody hell, do you see what Mr. Speaker's given away my research material? I'm going to have to go to something else. He's ripped it all from Wiki. Oh, there bloody you go. Hell. I'm going to have to uh, do something else instead now. You but yes. Think up something different. Why is it always on me, Macca? Hard work. What about you? When are you going to do something? Well, what? Aside from editing and producing and uploading and researching and yeah mate I let you go mate I know right I feel great shame I feel great shame I get the point (laughs) fine (laughs) boys let's hope it's a successful weekend for Port Adelaide and uh, we can start the uh, the cane celebration the sky the buttercorn celebration pretty early 
Yes, yes. and I, I have to thank you, Maka, for not asking me to be on the review of the Brisbane game in case we lose. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm doing the preview. <laughs> that's all right. That that's going to be pretty morbid if that occurs. We'll make it fun. That's all right. Who's coming on? Don't know yet. If we lose, make sure it's someone very light-hearted. Yep. We'll do. Easy. Have a good night. Go the no power. Worries. Can the pit. Power. Here's a chance for Stevens. Stevens goes high and long towards the goal square. To a two back line. Almost brought it down. Here's James. He's had a marvellous game. He puts him in front. Brilliant goal. What a classic. Roger James.